Pickaxe. Hello my friend, my name's Sean and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that. With meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on a path of happiness, all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. Welcome back to the Review of Death, a Doctor Who podcast, your home for Doctor Who news and reviews. I'm Matthew Toffolo, and I'm joined, as ever, on his birthday. Well, it's not his birthday, it's not his birthday tomorrow. It's my birthday tomorrow. Billy Garrett John. I'm basically 26 in mind. Yeah. By the time this goes out, you will be 26. I will be 26. Yeah. So direct all of your parcels and messages to Yogg's Towers. No, 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 no. Batman. Batman. Um, <laughs> speaking of parcels. Oh, wow. Here you go. Well, blow my soul. Look at that. <laughs> Glad it was blowing your soul. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> well, I don't know what the present is yet. Yeah, well, that's true. Let's have Go a on, look. Have a look. Thank you. As is tradition. Yes. On the. Uh, on the. Oh. Oh. Wow. <laughs> no way. That is really bloody cool. <laughs> Thank you, mate. That is a really cool present. Oh. The most beautiful TARDIS console there is. I know. In I'm, I'm, POG form. You've got to open it up because I want yeah. to see what it looks like. Let's have a look. Let's get this out is, of the way. This is as much for Matt as it is it for is, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm for living vicariously through you. Audio listeners who have just had their ears um, assaulted by the sound of this packaging being ripped open. Unless you like ASMR. Unless you're you into that kind of thing. Um, um, I am opening an absolutely beautiful Doctor Who figurine collection TV movie console TARDIS console from Hero Collector. Yeah. I've never, apart from the Agatha door, which I should have brought, really, oh, considering yeah. you're talking about yes. Cursor Peladon. And I, I, I did I try and find you a uh, another Cursor Peladon related figurine, but uh, I guess they Alpha were Centauri all... is quite hard to come by. Yeah. Everybody wants a bit of Alpha. They do, don't they? I think we might need some skizzers. Uh, can I just rip things asunder with my bare hands? You could have a go. I can have a go, can't I? I can have a go. Come on. Oh, it's styrofoam as well. I think it's we might be need a to really, cut this really for the audio listeners. Oh, that's oh. it. Right, okay, I'm just going to pull it over the front oh. and get styrofoam absolutely everywhere, but it's not like we, get... we come into this office on a regular basis and there's things yeah. that have been on fire in here before we've got in. True, true. Let's have a looky at but this But polystyrene is no problem at all. Oh, oh. carefully wrapped It's very tissue. carefully wrapped, beautifully. Oh. Oh. There's some more packaging for... The Mike Rustlers who like it oh, out there. Now, isn't look that, at that absolutely awesome? Wow, that is nice. Now, the, the detail on the controls as well. Yeah. That's really quite something. Very nice. I mean, and the rotor as well. The time rotor is lovely. You obviously want things to move on there. Yeah. Um, but do you know what? For the fact that this is going to be bought by a small number of people, really, yeah. even in the grand scheme of Doctor Who merch. That is a lovely It's a nice bit piece, of gear. Thank I'm, you, I'm mate. I'm really impressed that they've done like the, the little lamp bit here mm. as like a separate little bit that actually sticks out. Exactly. Know. Now, and this is to scale with the... With Agador. With Agador. Yeah, so you can have the adventures of Agador and My favourite adventure. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite story never seen on screen. Get on that big finish. There's a 27 Well, Paul McGann has turned up on Peladon, hasn't he, he, in that Peladon box set? He has. I'm interested and excited to listen to that because... You know, Peladon, as we'll get into, yeah. 
is one of the more interesting mm. uh, locales the doctor's visited, and yeah. one of the most sort of. Ooh. Now that was a really satisfying That's... schlump. Do you think? Yeah. Or was that, did that cut through you? That cut through me like a <laughs> bloody knife. Uh, right, I'll set this aside. Thank you, mate. That no is problem. No problem. Really, My pleasure. Really Happy birthday. Thank you very much. And you get um, a little magazine as well. And I get a little to. magazine with Paul McGann on the front. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Um, uh, I wonder if the pages are stuck together already. Um, we went to, as part of a birthday present as well, yeah. we went to see the Dalek movies. We did. In the cinema. My God, can you, I never thought we'd actually get to see them in the cinema properly. Have you never, you've never seen them on a big screen before? Well, I saw Dalek Invasion of Earth with you. Oh no, did you go? I don't think you no, went, did you? No, that no, was no. with our little Doctor Who And that was just up. like a DVD copy that, that was just Yeah, Blu-ray in a back of a pub. But mm -hmm. it was nice. It was a nice little screen. Um, and it was good fun, but this mm. was obviously on a much bigger screen, exactly. 4K restoration. The brand new restoration yeah. of it. I had seen, I don't know if it was like a print that had been lying around or if it was being played off a disc, yeah. but I saw Dalek Invasion of Earth maybe nearly seven, eight years ago now wow. at the Curzon Cinema in Clevedon, and it was great. I think there was a Doctor Who episode on that night, actually. It was a Matt Smith finale. Oh, right. Maybe like a mid-season finale, but it was, um, it was great seeing it yeah. on the big screen, but seeing this restoration of the film. Yeah. I, and if you haven't got the Blu-ray disc yet, go out and get it. I mean, mm. I'm sure everybody has the Dalek movies in yeah. some form. Yeah. But as somebody who owns those sets, would yeah. you say they're worth getting? Uh, well, I haven't actually put any of the discs <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, so, Do they uh, have any special features? There's a new documentary. Is there? On one, and I think it's um, Marcus Hearn, mm. editor of mm. DWM, uh, is, is behind that one. Um, so yes, there's a new documentary. I think there might be another documentary perhaps about the restoration yeah. of putting it into 4K. Is Dalek Mania on there? Dalek Mania is on there. Cool. Um, I haven't seen that for years. I have that as a separate VHS somewhere. Yes, so do we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. We've got an actual, um, this was Jonathan's, it was a, a Dalek Mania box set. Mm. And it, it was like a board, it looked like a board game. It's in like a big box. I'm sure some people have got this Somebody's out there yeah. going, oh my God, I had that. Yeah, so, and we've still got the whole thing. And it's like a, it's like a board game and you open it up and then you've got the VHS and it came with the posters for nice. both films. Um, I don't know if it came with some other stuff, but it was weird. It was just like this very mm. lavishly packaged Thing. Yeah. Um, I, and is that how you would have watched the Dalek movies initially? Was it the first time you saw them? The first time I saw them was on VHS. Mm, same. Everybody, I, when, we, when you did the episode with Ellie when I wasn't here, talking yeah. about how people got into Doctor Who, a lot of people said the Dalek movies. Yeah. Like a surprising volume of people were like, yeah. oh, it was on Channel 5 or Channel 4 or whatever, and I yeah. just caught it. And I think uh, even Mr. Tardis has said in one of his videos that one of his earliest memories is that scene in Invasion Earth when the Daleks turn up at the doorstep yes. of, the old, of the old hags yeah, yeah, and they yeah. sell them out. It's just, that, that is a great scene. That is a good scene. She's um, really good, the, the, the young girl. The young one. You she's can... a real bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it in 4K thinking, even in 4K you're horrible. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's... She plays it well. Pulling lots of facial expressions. Yeah. She's doing lots of like, yeah. it's like shifty eye dog in The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and the old lady. Eileen Way, yeah. She's been in Doctor Who. She's been in two Doctor Whos. Is she in the first story? She's in An Unearthly Child, she as is. the old woman. As the old woman, you yeah. You killed the old woman. I recognised her straight away. Yeah. And then she plays another old woman in um, Creature from the Pit. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, is that a diss 
<laughs> when you just constantly get cast I mean, as old think, haggard crones. You've got to think, she was playing an old woman in 1963. Yeah. And then she was playing She's an old woman. probably 35 then. Yeah, she probably was. <laughs> she was playing an old woman in 1980 or 79. Do you reckon so, she just overnight she just went, oh, God. It's just happened. I can only do that, that those jobs yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being typecast. God, before Maybelline and all that. Yeah. All the, all the skin de-aging things yeah. you can get. Um, so, yeah, it was wonderful to see the films. Both back to back. Yeah. It didn't seem like, I was thinking, God, I, I've never seen movies back to back before. Nor have I. And no. I thought this might be, this might take a while. Yeah. And it did in parts, but in one movie in particular. In the first one. So, well, I mean, we'll talk about, historically, have you always preferred the second movie or the first movie? Historically, I have always preferred the first one. Yeah. And I think, I was thinking about this, I think it's partly because that is the one that we had as a proper home video release. The other right. one we had taped off TV. Um, so I think perhaps I watched that one more and mm. therefore I favoured that one more yeah. but then again I loved all that stuff in the second one with like the the bridge falling down on top of the TARDIS and stuff I yeah. used to recreate that with my Daypole figures all the time I was going to say and we'll get on to another bit of Dapple recreation but yeah. there are certain moments in this where I'm just like I definitely put Jenga blocks out in the floor <laughs> yeah. and I have my TARDIS landing there and they walk into Dalek control yeah, yeah. and they all emerge out of the shadows yeah. you know just it taps into that yeah. imaginary. Because it's fantasy. It feels more like fantasy, that yeah. first movie, yeah. than the second. Yeah. And I think it feels more, because it's super colourful, it feels like The Wizard of Oz. That's it. You know? I think that's what always appealed. Like, when you see the two, especially back to back, one feels very grey yeah. compared to the other. I mean, every shot in that first movie is it's just, sumptuous. Yeah. And especially in 4K. Yeah. Like the, it's, and it's all studio bound. Yeah, it's And mad. it looks great. Yeah. Like the forest looks amazing. The forest looks fantastic. The, the Dalek city. The, yeah, that looks amazing. The matte paintings for when they're climbing up the mountain. There's that wonderful shot of um, Ian when they're walking from the stream and you've got the moon behind them. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is like 1965. And that looks, you could put that on TV now and that would look Brilliant. Definitely. It was so beautiful. There are some elements of production design in this movie that don't quite work. Yeah, Jonathan laughed at the uh, wrapping Christmas wrapping paper stuck to the walls of the island <laughs> corridors of Skyrim. It's so alien though, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, well, of course they have... It's just yeah. Skirosian art. Yeah. Or maybe it's like... Um, recycled cases yeah. we're trying to protect the environment on Skyro we've had a huge atomic war yeah. that has decimated the planet the last thing we want to do is start reusing is, is using non-renewable yeah, yeah. materials so we just take some Dalekanium and twist it and put it on the walls it's great but yeah. um, the TARDIS mm. from the outside fantastic beautiful I mean you have I have one. that model in your yeah, garden yeah. yeah but the interior of the TARDIS shit is hell <laughs> now and because it, it carries over into the second movie yeah that bizarre lever yeah what is that about because to me it kind of looks like they've gone well obviously you pilot a spaceship yeah so it's got like handles like on an f1 car yeah you'd expect you go like that to steer it but you just rock it back and forth it's, it's weird it's very I, odd i'm sure someone out there knows exactly what sort of a mechanism yeah that is. yeah it looks like something um, using the railways to, yeah like, that's it change the lines yeah and stuff. um but it is weird, and it, that is the one part of the production that always lets it down. Mm. When you sort of think, you know, this is supposed to be the TV show, but bigger and better. And then that just doesn't work. Mm. Um, 
because it is just like someone's gone, ah, we'll chuck some drapes up yeah. and some blinky lights and some it has, wires. It has got an element of some mad boffin has it put does. it together. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's grown no. or it's all uniform and no. that's what the ships it, look like yeah, and they're not, built. It like doesn't that. feel like an alien no, spaceship. It does yeah. feel like there's a kettle that they use as the as yeah. the hads or whatever. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. Um, and no noise, the, the noise of the TARDIS. Yeah. There, just a little. But sound effect I'd never noticed before. Yeah. One from the show gets used in Dalek Invasion of Earth. Yes, it's the fault locator sound. Mm -hmm. um, you hear it on the Dalek ship yeah. in, uh, when Bernard Cribbins and Louise, yeah. sorry, I don't know the actor's yeah. name, yeah. Uh, are wandering around the Dalek ship and yeah. hiding away. I said to you in the cinema when um, Louise was introduced. I was like, Christ, Doctor Who's kids are just like, oh, fuck. Can we just give them the bloody, give them the grandkids for the weekend? Oh, and, and, and your niece, go on. Get Maybe rid that's of them. their way of trying to get rid of them. Yeah. I mean, it's a burden that it's the 60s. It's di living is difficult. Yeah. If they disappear on some unknown planet, <laughs> we can just dob granddad in it. He's mad. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody will think otherwise. Um, but from every other production standpoint, that first movie mm. works. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Daleks, first and foremost. Stunning. They look beautiful. Yeah. That blue fender mm. in my head, that shot where they're trying to get it onto the um, cape to insulate it from the floor. Yeah. That fender is just so, it looks so good. Yeah. It just, it's, everything about this film yeah. looks cool. And especially, as we noticed with the 4K restoration compared to the second movie, yeah. the props, the Dalek props in the second movie look really tatty. They do. It, it feels like... I think the second one feels closer to TV Doctor Who yeah. in that way because yeah. you start looking at the Daleks and going, Ooh. And more obviously a studio when they have to use a studio for the yeah. exteriors. Yes. It looks more obviously like a, TV, yeah. a film studio, um, a stage. But yeah, I mean, we, you know, the, the, the gold Dalek, we were like, God, you can see the handprints on it and all the it smears. Al it almost looks like it's oxidised or something. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be sh shiny like the rest of them. Yeah. That black Dalek still looks great. Yeah. The uh, red one even didn't look quite so pristine. No. I guess they've all been painted, repainted and stuff. Like you know, they've been loaned out to school fates. And, and the, the, I mean, the silver ones are closer to the TV colours. Yeah. And they've got the solar slats. Yeah. And I think that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't break up the look no. of it. Like when you look at with the gold bands and the silver yeah. on the first and the machines, blue heads. Yeah, it, it just, all looks really broken up and yeah. really nicely. And. I, in my in my head, I know it's obviously uh, something they probably didn't even think about, but the flame torch Dalek yeah. with its blue yeah, neck rings. Yeah. You think is that a, a hierarchy thing? Is that yeah. colour? Does that denote I that mean, it's a service? As, as far Dalek? as I'm concerned, it's a yeah. hierarchy thing now. Absolutely, um, never noticed it before in no. all the years. Um, no, but yeah. Anyway, that, I mean, uh, that first movie is just great. It's, it's great. Um, I'm going to actually come out and say something quite controversial now. Go on. Um, which will probably come to us as a surprise to everybody. Um, and I, there may be pitchforks and people with torches yeah. hanging outside the office. Um, I really don't like the first two Dalek stories. No. Do you not like them either? I like the... I like Dalek Invasion of Earth. Yeah. I think that coming after the Daleks is feels like a, a good length because it's... It takes place over a... Yeah. It's like the Keys of Marinus. It like goes all over the place. That's true, and, yeah. Um, but that first Dalek movie, when you watch it after watching the TV version, yeah. well, that's the, that's the definitive version of that story. And I think this is the problem. I watched the films first before yeah. seeing those mm. stories. Mm. And I think once you've seen the films and then you go back to those long, drawn-out yeah. versions, 
You do think, crikey, this is slow. The last um, portion of Doctor Who Night, I think, showed the last two they, episodes of the Daleks did. glued together. Yeah. So in my head, all of that stuff still runs the same quality-wise yeah. when, yeah. when they're with the Thals in the caves and they're trying to get and they're jumping the ravine and yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, although a big change is that there's a death in the TV version there is, isn't that it? Yeah. doesn't happen in the... Anad no. I mean, they're all called Anadon and... Aladon, is it? Aladon is the, I mean, Peladon, yeah, oh my God. Agador, <laughs> Islia, we're just going to get very confused. But, yeah. Um, the one who cuts the rope. Yeah, the one who cuts the rope, the dies in the TV one, one yeah. and then survives in the movie. Yeah. Um, what do you prefer? It's very bleak. But then again, lots of people die in the, in the, t in the TV version. Like, yeah. You know, but the, the movie one is a much more sanitised It is, isn't product. it? Do, do any, other than the main guy, the first one, is that Aladon? The, 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 one, that gets, the one that gets... Blasted. Um, when he comes for the food. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of Thals that probably bite or is it. Aladon oh, they the fall into the, the Daleks when they open the... Oh, yeah, into the... The mountain. Oh, yeah, that's true. They fall yeah. into that. But, yeah, it does feel like there's a lot more people mm. getting killed in the TV version. But, yeah, the, the, the TV one, you know... Jumping across that ravine, that is like 23 minutes. Yeah. That's like a whole episode yeah. of just trying to get across a gap that is no further than from this sofa <laughs> to that camera. Yeah. Um, and it is just, oh. It does take forever. It takes forever. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I appreciate, obviously, I can appreciate the stories as the first Dalek story and mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. But I do think they are, they can be deathly dull. The first couple of episodes are great, yeah. and then it just. It, it, it really does start to drag. And then obviously the film version, it mm. just whistles through. Well, it sort of whistles through it. We'll get onto that. But yeah. continuing what we're saying now, compared to the Dalek Invasion TV yeah. and the movie one, yeah. where do you sit with that? Oh, I'd still rather watch the film. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Again, it's just pacier. Mm. Um, like I think, you know, with the, with, with the Daleks, the stuff that is done better is that I think the Daleks are creepier. Mm. They're more manipulative and a bit more spooky. And I think all that stuff when the Daleks take the drugs, that is shot really well, mm. the, all the perspective stuff. You, you, don't, that sort of, you sort of miss it, really, yeah. in the film version. It's just on a screen and they're like, oh, they're, Going they're tripping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Invasion of Earth is just a lot. It, it whistles along again. Mm. You don't have all that stuff in the sewers with the crocodile. That's true. Um, I think in terms of the characters... I think that the subterfuge and the kind of resistance thing yeah. is better in the TV version. Very much so. And yeah. I think that the TV version also gives you more a sense of scale as they travel. Mm. Because all you really see is, you know, um, up to Bedfordshire on the map. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of it. Yeah. And the the streets all kind of look the same when they try to get to Watford yes. and all that sort of stuff. It's all very much yeah. done within a mile radius of the studio. It is, isn't <laughs> it? It's, it's amazing, really, when you think that the TV version gets all those wonderful shots of Trafalgar Square and on the bridge, and they don't do, it for, the they do it for the film, yeah. which would have looked amazing Exactly. Oh, my word. Can you imagine? And they it wouldn't have been, been able good. to maybe shut some stuff down. I know the BBC is basically a civil service, yeah. and they can pretty much do whatever they want at that point, but... Yeah, like you it could would, have really. It would have looked amazing, um, especially with the saucer. The Dalek saucer looks True. fantastic. That's a great model. I also think production design-wise, I, I mean, we said this in the cinema, and it's not too dissimilar to the TV version, but it does feel like 2150 AD. The Daleks invaded in 1966, yeah. and nothing is really progressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's dressed the yeah. same. All the same cars out in yeah. the street. There's no attempt to really make it more sci-fi. No, not at all. Um, and even in the TV version, yeah. they superimpose some 
stuff over I shot or is that on the DVD? Mm. In my head, there's in the original they one. There's add like extra. They add something extra to Battersea Power Station. Another but I think pylon Ian or something. Yeah. It. It says that all oh, there's they've got rid of something or they've added something. I can't yeah. remember. Um, yeah, I think you know watching, especially watching it yesterday. I did think all those scenes where the resistance are like building their tools and you know the mm. guy in the wheelchair is Dortmund's going oh you know clean that rifle and grease mm. that rifle or whatever. You do feel like I can really see where people got the sense of oh god you know we've just come out of the Second World War yeah. and you know all those memories flooding back people mm. hiding in the shelters and stuff you really get that sort of wartime it's really well feel. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so I can really see why those stories fed into the zeitgeist at the time definitely um yeah um we were going to go on just then to talk about the one real big problem with the first dalek movie right which is the daleks talk like this yeah and don't speed up at any point yeah and it's really annoying it is very long extended scenes of dalek dialogue yeah and i think it's because and you don't see this in the second movie they've obviously got the indicator settings on yeah that flash because to be honest it does fill out the scene and when they're flashing out of sequence it does look kind of cool yeah but when there's other daleks talking in shot and they've just put the indicator lights on yeah they're obviously it, like it, the most obvious one is when the black Dalek goes into the cell for the first time. Yeah. Which one of you will go outside the city? Yeah. I think they just didn't get that they're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit more chatty. Yeah. Or that somebody off screen is reading a script. Yeah. And they're talking like a robot, not like a Dalek. Yeah. It's not David Graham. Yeah. In the room. No, no, no. Directing like, the lights. Yeah. It's a real shame. Um, and I think, I don't know, I mean, it's a, still a little bit like that in Dalek Invasion of Earth. It's but, nowhere near but as bad. But it's nowhere near as bad. And I do think they may have potentially cut down on the number of scenes where Involving the Daleks, Daleks are just chatting. Yeah. Uh, probably for that very reason, because it is just a, so laboured. You get a really quick scene in the cell. Yeah. And then you're back out talking to the Daleks. Yeah. And... Johnny was hilarious watching it in the was going, why is everybody laughing? It's not funny. Yeah. They're, they're not saying anything. But, well, tell me, what they said that's funny? And it was because every single time a Dalek appeared on screen yeah. and the, the red Dalek glides in, you think, oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake, here we go again. Yeah. And they're just going to have a, a, a long old natter. Oh, don't yeah. mind us. Don't mind us sitting here not being entertained, yeah, yeah, watching yeah. all these Daleks gliding around in the background. Yeah. Um, but then it's, it looks so good. Yeah. You don't really, you don't really mind. Care. No. Yeah. And I think watching it, I was like, I don't think the Daleks have ever looked as good. Or been operated as well. Except or, for yeah. in the new series where you've got like a dedicated team. Yeah. I know you had John Scott Martin and Sightown and yeah. Murphy Grumbar and all that back in the day. But yeah. Robert Jewell, absolute MVP of yeah. Dalek operating. Yeah, yeah, Just, yeah. Like he can spin on a dime. Yeah, yeah. He keeps it animated. He, yeah, he keeps yeah. it, you know. There's a, there's a great shot in that um, second movie where all the control panels are exploding. Yes. And it spins around to camera. Yeah. And it's, it just looks amazing. For beauty shots of Daleks, it, yeah. you only need to watch that movie. Yeah, very much just so. looks so yeah. cool. I did wince, and I wince every time, but it, it was, felt even worse in 4K <laughs> when the yeah. two Daleks go down the pit and they get yeah. smashed to smithereens. The, in the, the lights movie, come off yeah. and the ice stalk smashes. Yeah. And every time I was just sort of went, yeah. oh, no. It's rough looking, looking at it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the second movie, historically... I've always thought the first movie's better. 
I can conceive now, watching it on a big screen in the best quality I'll ever see it in, yeah. that it is, by most metrics, technically, a better film. Yes. Um, but when you come immediately to this movie from Doctor Who and the Daleks, it looks so washed out. It does. And I know it's supposed to have that apocalyptic feel to it. Yeah. But sticking a Sugar Puffs poster in the background mm. isn't going to help. No. It, 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 I, and I think just the Daleks, I think if the Daleks look the same as they did in mm. the first film, mm. it might have just... And I think even the, the, the control room and stuff... Is, is all sort of green and, yeah. again, it's drab colours, neutral colours. There's bits colors. of the saucer that look like the, the, the city from the first movie. Yeah. And there's obviously been a decision to move that continuity design over. Yeah. But as soon as they get to the mine workings, yeah. as cool as that set is... Where it's, it's a fantastic with, set. With the, I mean, how terrifying must it have I been know. for those Dalek Every operators going down those yeah. ramps and... Uh, yeah. Christ. I mean, it's like bumper cars, but without the health insurance. Can imagine. you imagine... Oh, if one went... Oh, and, and into that pit as well. Oh, Jesus, you just Ouch. don't want to think about it. Um, but again, the Dalek operators and that are great. There's yeah. a, I think one of the black ones or the red ones comes down the ramp and it turns and it just yeah. parks itself in the archway of the control room. You yeah. just think, good God, how much practice have you had? Yeah. You nerds. It's great. Yeah, it's I amazing. It. It's really amazing. Um, yeah, but it is, it's a better film. It feels shorter than yeah. the first one. Yeah, it does crack um, along a bit. It cracks yeah. along very quickly. Um, but I do think it is probably the best way to watch mm. those first two Dalek stories. 100%. Yeah. Especially the first movie. Yeah. The first movie's great. Yeah. And it's not as laboured as yeah. the TV version. Yeah. Um, what about the Thals? The Thals are visually very different from the TV version. They are. And obviously... I mean, it gets a laugh. It does get a when, laugh. When you pan up to Aladon. And it was quite funny him. because it was, uh, there was a gay pride event on, at the Downs the, day before, the day before. And I thought they'd just all traipse down to Scarrow. Mm. <laughs> They're great outfits though. I mean, you look at it and you go, that is 60s sci-fi. It really is. And, you know, and it's you, so ridiculous. You can think that these people are like, yeah, I'm, I've trained at RADA. And <laughs> what have they done? They've waxed my chest. There are a couple of them that look like they couldn't they're just like oh, what am I doing yeah. a, especially the, the party that go I know they're supposed to look a bit miserable because they're heading to the Dalek City to certain doom yeah. but there's a couple of them that are pretty like you know straight faced and I'm not enjoying this at all yeah. Um, but yeah I mean the, the Daleks the dislike for the unlike that great line if yeah. they think we're monsters <clears throat> what must they be like yeah. it kind of you know they play off each other well as yeah. a concept and visually I think they're, they're a good kind of opposition for each other. And the nice moment with the Dalek claw under the... Yeah, indeed. And wonderful that there was a kid <clears throat> sat in front of us yeah. who got so scared halfway through the movie that he, he left with his mum and never came back. Yeah, and she potentially had COVID because she was coughing like All a mad All over the place, thing. like yeah. a mad thing, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, great, like, for, for the colourful, silly yeah. Disney version of Doctor Who on the big screen, it, was, it scared it's, that kid yeah, enough. Yeah. And it was just the Daleks. Yeah. It was the Daleks and it was the promise that they were going into something dangerous and something yeah. dangerous was about to happen. And yeah. that kid was really not enjoying Did it. Did you hear what he said to his mum no. at one point? He said, there's no way, there's nowhere to hide. Oh, and yes. I was like, oh, bless him. Brilliant. Bless that little boy. Terrify yeah. the youngsters. Why yeah. not? Well, on that subject matter, I've got something quite cool here to right. share with you. Right. Now, this was posted, I didn't find this, this was posted on Twitter, but I didn't see many people retweeting it. I have got the examiner's report from 
the British Board of Film Classification Ooh. for Doctor Who and the Daleks. Okay. So there's a big spiel which basically describes the movie and uh, then there's a kind of summary and then the person goes through bit by bit which sections they think need cutting. Yeah. Uh, so they say, I think most children in this country are now familiar with Doctor Who. I do not look at him much myself and do not know whether these particular adventures are new or old. I rather fancy that Ian, played by Roy Castle, is allotted more comedy than his counterpart in the TV serial, mm. the bits of which that I have seen uh, I thought more frightening than the present film script. Now, what do you think of Roy Castle in the film? He's good fun. Compared to old Bernie, Bernie Cribbins. Ooh. I Ro do prefer Tom, I think. Yeah. Roy Castle feels like the stunt casting in the film. Yes. Like, he's the only one that's in a different movie. Yeah. Everything he does yeah. is a joke. And a prank. Yeah. And Whereas I think Bernard knows when to do something humorous and when to be serious. To play it serious. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Um, I also believe this is the case for which, in, uh, in which colour... I also believe this is the case in which colour which seems to be intended would be a help rather than a hindrance in making the story fit for younger children so they basically play up Ian being yeah. more of a joker uh, of course we cannot say with any certainty till we see the film as the treatment is really what matters uh, put uh, no, no, no. so basically saying it's a U it should be a U yeah um, and then beat by beat he basically explains that there's too much screaming right Barbara screams at a mouse my only objection to this is that, as I have said, there are too many screams. So this must be an early version of the wow, script. Wow, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he basically goes on and says, too much screaming. Uh, the fire guns, which oh, yeah. they're supposed to shoot fire. Yeah. Obviously that turns into like CO2, yeah. which I think looks fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, saying, yeah, let's not do the fire because yeah. that will be too frightening. I was thinking of this in the cinema. Mm. Um, first of all, you know, how would you do that? That would just be far too dangerous yeah. anyway. And every time they were carrying those torches in the yeah. caves, and they would pass one to Barbara, yeah. I thought she's got so much hairspray on her head. Oh, she's she's going to go up. Like, her haircut was something else. It really was, it was wasn't it? Incredible. Um, now, at the end here, so they've obviously gone through the whole story, j just complaints about screams and, and fire. Yeah. Uh, and too many Daleks burning, and the green claw maybe being a bit too creepy. Right. There's also supposed to be glowing eyes in the water yeah. when they go and look for water in Because the... they do it in the TV show, don't they? Yep. They have a creature. Now, this is interesting. This is the last note. Ferocious caveman, worth a caution on treatment. Ooh. Which I think suggests that the next adventure, they were, tr you know, because... At the end, Ian opens the doors to the TARDIS yes. and they see the Roman legion coming towards them yeah. or something. In a really weird perspective. Though, yeah. Like really high up. I, which I, in my head as a kid, I was like, oh, so the, the next one is Planet of Giants, but in the Roman times. Yeah. Um, the, they may be menaced by a caveman yeah. at the end of the movie. And that's a little kind of reference to an earthly yeah. child. Yeah. So some early draft of the film out there yeah. has that little moment in there. Very interesting. Very cool. That's really um, cool. So yeah, on the whole, the Dalek movies... Oh, they're great fun. What do we think of Peter Cushing? We haven't mentioned Peter Cushing. Do you know, it's, it's difficult because he's not playing the Doctor. And I, 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 no. I, in the second movie, he's much better. He's more Doctor Doctor, Because isn't he? Susan basically carries that first movie in terms of yeah. being proactive yeah. and putting in the legwork you'd expect from the Doctor in terms of yeah. solving things and figuring things out. Um, he's... He's a great actor. Mm. His eyebrows are very distracting in that first movie. Yeah. Which we realised were very swiftly removed. Or yeah. somebody took... So you can thread those, you know. Yeah. Uh, between, <laughs> between films, Barbara and uh, Susan took him out to uh, his local eye place. Yeah. Uh, eyebrow place. But yeah, 
he's he's a grand actor mm. as as chummy human Doctor Who. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, um, and obviously these aren't canonical; mm. they fit in a different continuity. Um, but it's difficult not to compare him yeah, to the TV versions. Yeah, um, he's yeah, he's he's a bit too chummy. Yeah, there's no edge to him. Yeah, that's you know? true. Um, yeah. even when he says, "Look, you know, I, uh, there was nothing wrong with the fluid link. I just wanted to have a look at the city." Yeah, it's kind of all right, Granddad. Yeah, it is, isn't it? You know, you don't get yeah, because in the in the proper story, you think, "Wow, what a bastard!" <laughs> don't you? When you think that of the Doctor, I think he's playing older in the first movie. Yeah, he d- he doesn't feel quite so doddery, does he? In the second one, yeah, he's a bit more on it. I mean, there's radiation sickness to account for that, but <laughs> you know, when he's running around the warehouse with Tom, yeah, and he's in the jump in the gimp suit, the <laughs> rubber band gimp suit, which got a laugh it when did, he walked in it? as yeah. well. Um, he wears over his clothes. I know he must be <laughs> baking underneath that thing in a pretty PVC suit. And then he's running all over the place, and there's fire. And yeah. Shit. Um, the stunts in that second movie are oh. really good. Yeah. Um, that bit where Thompson runs over the rooftops. Yeah. Do you, and you know he broke, he broke his, his leg. leg, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you Ooh. watch it and think, yeah, ow. Yeah. It's a it's a tremendous fall. It is. Because yeah. when he falls through that parasol, yeah, yeah. he doesn't break his fall. He no. doesn't he doesn't lose any momentum or speed. He just goes <laughs> straight through it and you straight can just into feel the ground. It, can't you? You can feel it on the bloody concrete or And whatever. you can see he's like he's trying to keep the weight off of one foot yeah. and there's publicity photos where he's getting exterminated and you can see his cast yeah. poking out and stuff. Um and yeah, all the stuff of Robomen men falling off of yeah. high places yeah. and the explosions are great. Yeah. Um, I love the bit where the Daleks get magnetised and it crunches down yeah, into the floor. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. It's a bit... I mean, I was never really sure what was going on when I was a kid that no. that was the, due to the magnetic pull. I know it's really obviously spelt out, but I'm not, I wasn't a very bright kid. I'm very <laughs> bright now. But um, I think that that effect would be sold much better if it was obvious that it was getting yeah. pulled. Or if, if, if they all just went like Crunch, that and yeah. crunched down. Yeah. That would look cool. That would look cool. Is that how they get defeated in the TV version? Um, I can't remember how they get defeated in the TV version. No, not me. Do they just explode the bomb in... I, I mean, yeah. There's definitely something about the the course of the bomb. Yeah, the volcano goes off yeah, still. Yeah, Because you see it in the in the film version, but it's very... In the background. Yeah, it's, it's not very clear at all. There's some explosions going off and it goes a bit red in the background. Yeah. That model bit is not great either. No. It's, you know, the flames are yeah. too... To scale. Yeah, they're not know? to scale. And yeah, yeah when, the, when the ship crashes into that tower, mm. it sort of slows yeah. to hit it is yeah. And you can see the wires in a lot of spots. Yeah, with the ship. I'd never noticed that before. Yeah. That's the trouble with 4K and all that stuff. The better things I was get, say. you know, certain things aren't meant to be seen this way. What, what, how do you feel about that? Because I saw I, I saw um <clears throat> uh the spy who loved me in the cinema about yeah. two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And I've always noticed when I've watched a Bond Blu-ray, certainly the Connery movies, I mean he's plastered in makeup. Yeah. But you you wouldn't have seen that on no. the ultimate DVDs. No. Um, but yeah, when you when you watch these old films in a higher resolution than they were intended to be, yeah, it does reveal the secrets of it, and it does make it look a little bit more, you know, ragged around yeah. the edges. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, <sighs> is the restoration there supposed to be just for the film or for like the? the context in the picture, you know? Would you, yeah. have, would you have painted those out? That's the trouble, isn't it? You know, part of me probably would have said, let's paint them out, but then... Because I think that's less <clears throat> egregious than fixing the eye lines in Megopolis. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, yeah, So yeah. if you can do that, yeah. maybe they could have afforded this the same treatment. But then yeah. that's not the film. That's not yeah, the film in its it. purest quality, yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some clips the other day from Captain Scarlet in Blu-ray. Because mm. um, I used to like Captain Scarlet. Oh, yeah, how are they going to... And the wires were just so obvious. Yeah. I mean, I know that was always a thing, like, oh, you can see the wires. Yeah. But now it was like, you can really you can, see the wires. It's just wires. Yeah. You can't not just stare at the yeah. wires. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's that's a shame, you know. Mm. Although everything else looks amazing and seeing all these models and stuff in HD is fantastic, that does come with a price. Mm. Yeah, I felt the same about when they did the DVD of Invasion Earth. That was the first time they kind of put special, yeah. extra special effects onto it. Yeah. And I think for something of a certain age, it should be left alone. Mm. But when it's laser effects yeah. and added bits like that, you can, I think you can go to town on it. Mm. But when you start removing wires, yeah. it loses its charm. It kind of loses its context design-wise and historically. Yeah. So I, I, I would tend not to, not to touch that it, stuff. Yeah. It's, a, it's very difficult. Mm. It's a real, real hard debate. But yeah. Aop. Anyway, there's the Dalek movies for you. Yeah. Um, are we more in a, a Barbara camp or a Louise camp? Um, uh, pff, Louise. You prefer Louise? Yeah. Yeah? And how good is Roberta Tovey in those films, She's by the fantastic. Way? For a child actor. Yeah. I hadn't appreciated how young she actually yeah. is in those films, especially in the second one. Yeah. I think it was only a year gone. Yeah, it's only a year, But yeah. God, she's still very young. I'm, I'm shocked that she didn't like go on. I mean, I don't think she went on to do more. I've never seen her in anything Apart else. Apart from her single, obviously. Apart from her single, yeah. Um, and the Lost Radio play. Oh, yes. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. I would love that to be recovered one day. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That or an odd orphan episode from Dalek's Master Plan. Oh, Master Plan. One of the shit boring long ones that doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, because it's, it's proper Doctor Who, isn't it? Is it? You've got Doctor to, you've, you've got, got to do it. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Dalek movies. Good fun. Go buy them on Blu-ray, 4K. Yeah. Now. I mean, and hopefully you've got a tally big enough to fully enjoy it. Yeah, that's it. I mm. said this to Johnny in the cinema. I was like, you know, we, we can't um, we can't really appreciate it because we don't have anything to play 4K and we don't have a 4K telly. So there you go. It's a bit of a shame. But, um, so maybe just buy the Blu-ray. Just maybe just buy the Blu-ray. Yeah. Enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. The Jonathan's commentary was very good during that film, especially mm. during the scene with the soup in um, Invasion Invasion Earth. Earth. Yeah, because at one, because he turned around to me and said, "Nana used to have bowls exactly <laughs> like, like those." He said, and "Every time she served soup in them, it used to make me think of this scene and other things of that nature that just mm. made me crack up and just think, what is going on?" I know. Um, I that that's okay. I know we, we felt like we were going to move on from the <laughs> sorry movie then, but I think that that has more iconic moments. That second movie, so that whole bit with the old ladies, yeah, in the shack and the Daleks turning up, yeah. Um, when Philip Maddock, yeah, gets killed by the Daleks yeah. and double crossed by them, that's really cool. Yeah, I can't really think. Is there any other? Big that, standout moments. Oh, the, when the truck smashes through the oh, Daleks. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Massive. Yeah. That's huge. The yeah, explosions are good. Like yeah. The explosion of the van's really good. The explosion of the shed is ridiculous. It is massive. What were they keeping <laughs> in that shed? Picking <laughs> drums and gasoline or what? I think that's when you think, oh, maybe, maybe bring in a big Dalek with a big gun yeah. and do a laser effect. Yeah. Because when it's, when it's the CO2 and then it erupts into this yeah. huge explosion, it's a bit like, all right, come on. Just do the flames now. Philip Maddock was great. 
He's really good. He's so good. He he's such a dick. When he kicks over that <laughs> yeah, can of food, yeah, so unnecessary. Like, oh, that's like, good. Try some. I bet he didn't have any of it, and he just set that whole thing up for them. <laughs> yeah. And just like, right, well, let's get walking. Yeah, Brilliant. Uh, that's but, there was a, that funny bit. Everyone laughed. Where he was like, "Oh, I I think I can help you with that," and then it was just a close up of him smiling. <laughs> <laughs> there were I, I, there were less um, there was le- the less laughs in the second one. There were, weren't there? And I felt like m- part of me was like maybe people are watching it and going, I mean, actually, this is a better film, mm. and they're just watching it like more of a movie. Yeah. But yeah, th- there are less unintentional moments of comedy. comedy. Yeah. The Daleks aren't as funny. No. And I know the Daleks aren't intentionally funny no. in that first one, but when Barbara Dalek, yeah. yes, oh, oh, that's help a, me, I help that me. That's, that's so great. Good. That's so good. And um, the robot. No one really laughed at the, the like the intentionally funny stuff like. The Roboman bit with Tom eating the the stuff. Can I? Is it is it sacrilege to say I think that scene goes on far too long and shouldn't be in the film? Wow, really? Because Johnny loves that scene. It's like well, we've got Bernard Cribbins and he does comedy well. Should we get him to do a little comedy dance turn? Yeah, because it's the it's the music. Oh, the music! I know, I know. It it's uses so motifs from the Robomans theme and the Daleks yeah. theme and blah blah blah. But it's like something out of a fucking Carry On movie. <laughs> It's just so Carry out of place. Scarring. It comes out absolutely nowhere. Oh, it's good fun though. Oh. I think it needs it. Otherwise, it would just be so depressing a film. Uh, There's not really much levity up until that point. That's fine. But when it starts getting into the that, and it's like you've just done like a whole bloody routine yeah. already. I think what we should have done is we should have learnt the choreography for that. Yeah. And we should have started this off this episode with us marching in. We just need more people. It. We need more people in gym suits. Yeah. There's, I'm sure there's plenty in this office. There probably is plenty on. in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Robomen did make me laugh in yeah. this film. Yeah. Because they are of all shapes and sizes. Yeah, and I mean, obviously that is, yeah. And they're, they're things they're are always wonky. Ne- never fit their heads. I've, I, I noticed for the first time, it's just a bike helmet with some sunglasses <laughs> glued on the inside, some <laughs> yeah. aviators glued on the inside. Yeah. And when, when he opens the transistor radio and goes, hmm. Very technical. Yeah, and it's just are... a load of like brown motherboard circuit boards yeah, and yeah. resistors and everyone pissed themselves in the cinema. <laughs> oh, it is. I mean, it's a shame because the poster makes the Robomen look so menacing. Yeah. Because it is a great design. It is a great design. They're guns. Yeah. Now, did you see what they do when they fire them? They light up, don't they? There's like a tube. Right. On the inside that's yeah. like full of water or something. And right. it like bubbles and it like creates this like strobing effect. Wow. And when, when you go into the Dalek control room, yeah. on the wall below the rail counter, there's yeah. like um, there's like four of these lines. They look like sort of um, halogen light tubes. Yeah. But I think they're repurposed from the Roboman guns. Right. And they just kind of blip and bibble. That's and cool. there's like a white light on the inside. But what oh, when when I think it's when um, uh, Weiler is kind of like on the ground and yeah. he thinks he's going to get shot yeah. and then he chucks the um, brick at the Roman's head. Yes. If you look at his gun, yeah. you can see that strobing effect on the inside. Yeah, that's cool. But that's what the 4K brings out in yeah. the image and you think, you know, cool. okay, the Daleks look crap. Yeah. Uh, you know, or not well looked after. Yeah. Um, for, for a lot of it. But those little moments, they're yeah. lovely little things you wouldn't have noticed otherwise. Yeah. Now, talking about the Daleks, mm. so... Jonathan is potentially getting a Hartnell-era full-size Dalek, which now means that I cannot own a Hartnell-era full-size Dalek, which is the Dalek that I would have liked to have owned. But not, I, I, not a, I would have thought you'd gone for more like the evil Solar Slat 
Oh yeah, but like, that's that's the one that he wants. He wants oh, a he master wants plan one. one. Oh, right, yeah, so he wants oh, a master right. plan one, okay. and, I, and that was the one that I would want. So then right. I was like, well, if I was to get another full size Dalek, what what would I go for? And I thought well, it would have to, it would probably have to be something from the films. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that is a space issue of greater <laughs> proportions. But the question is, which if you could have a full size Dalek from those films, which one would you go for? The blue scientist. Just the blue... Undoubtedly, just from, the, the, from the first one. Just the blue... Undoubtedly. Not, just the normal blue one. It just looks so cool. Yeah. And I like Daleks with different coloured domes. I yeah. like Daleks that have odd colourings. Yeah. We were talking about this before. With Matt's Dalek, I don't know if anybody's seen Dalek Derek, mm. who's like a Destiny-style yeah, Destiny. one. Yeah. We've been talking about maybe doing it up. Matt's mm. going to do it up. And we were looking at kind of odd liveries, so not stuff that you'd see in the TV series, yeah. stuff from the comics and the big finishes and stuff. But what if you did a, a TV <laughs> movie, a, a, a movie <laughs> Dalek with a blue dome and stuff with yeah. that with Derek? That would look cool. It would look cool. What would you get? I would get just, uh, get a blue one from the first film. Mm. I think it would either be that or the red one. The red one. The, the left red hand. one is pretty nice looking. It is nice. Yeah. And the commander's great with the alternating yeah. black and gold the spots. Bloody bumps are stuck on all over. The I know place. they're all on the back. I'm sure Dalek six, six three eight. Oh nine's yeah. Got there's, a, eight's there's, got there's an Terry like Nation's army episode waiting to happen. Misaligned bumps. I haven't watched the one about the. Um, I haven't watched the, the one new, about the, the torch. And then I noticed that in the thumbnail it has the correct. It has the, the, the as the blue neck struts, yeah, yeah, like yeah. in the actual film, and I didn't notice that on Twitter when I was flicking through. I'm sure there's that there's at least like a ten or fifteen minute segment of that video that's just taken up with the color of the neck ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I look forward to watching. I do. I, I know. I know. I know. He's based around the corner, isn't he, Gav? Is he? I think so. Is he based in Buff? Maybe we need to get Gav Reimer on. I would love to talk to Gav about Daleks. Let's do that. And Cybermen and all that stuff, and it's. 3D modelling work. Plenty of chats we can have there. Yeah. Love Just it. being sad. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of sad nerds get together and talk about sad nerd things. Great. Welcome to the review of Dad. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Hey all, I'm Dr. Alok Kanoja, but the internet knows me as Dr. K. I spent seven years studying to become a monk and then became a psychiatrist. I want to tell you a little bit about my podcast, Healthy Gamer GG where we combine my clinical experience of practicing psychiatry and sprinkle in years of experience as a meditation teacher and sort of focus on spirituality. So on the podcast, we're going to approach very common everyday problems from each of these lenses. And what we really do well is blend science and spirituality to create the most accessible solutions for people for their everyday problems. So check us out at Healthy Gamer GG on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. If you can see some names scrolling across the bottom of the screen, you can add your name to those names scrolling across yeah. the bottom of the screen by becoming a Patreon supporter on Patreon. You can find the links in the description to that down below. Oh, that's a particularly nice name going across the screen there. Mm. There you go. So yeah, Curse of Peladon. Curse of Peladon. Why are we reviewing Curse of Peladon Because today? it's my birthday week and God damn it, it's my favourite Doctor Who story of all time and I was worried that that would get challenged watching it over the last couple of days. <laughs> really? It absolutely hasn't. Yeah. I still think it's one of the best Doctor Who stories ever made. It is. I mean, I, I, I actually, this was the second time I've watched it in as many weeks because mm. my nephew watched it. Yeah. Uh, so um, have we talked about their discovery of Doctor Who yet? No, I don't think we have actually. So your nephew's... Yeah, Have, so, haven't watched an awful lot of Doctor Who prior to the last month or two. No, they were they they've not been allowed to watch Doctor Who. I was but, trying not to say that. Yeah. Oh, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. They've got a mad mother. But um, they, they've not been allowed to watch Doctor Who. So one is eight and one is six. Think about starving kids of six and eight Doctor Who. I know. It's terrible. Uh, and yeah, they they. It was me. I was the one who was like, "Come on, 
they're old enough to be watching this stuff. And I just came down one, one day and said, we're watching Doctor Who and the Sea Devils and you're going to like it. <laughs> the eldest the, the was very excited yeah. because I think for him it's got this mystique of like forbidden fruit you know mm. you, or we shouldn't really be watching yeah, this yeah yeah I bet this has been the thing that we've been told we're not allowed to watch because it's too scary mm. um, and he is just obsessed with it now I love it he is like putting he's just retaining story titles to memory but you do at that age and, you do, and he'll probably be writing it down in a book and trying to get the orders right and I, stuff, just like we I've did. given him the Doctor Who the legend continues book so yeah. he's just been going through is, what, is this a good story is that a bad story Underwater Menace is this a good story no it's shit <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch the Underwater Menace no you don't what about Time Lash Certainly no, not. <laughs> absolutely not. You're not teaching them very well. No. No. Um, but this would be a really interesting like side thing for the review of death. Is like we have got a, a, a scientific experiment here. Yeah. We're growing our own Doctor Who fan. We are. Yeah. We're growing the next generation of review of and, death. And this is it. And and the other day, um, Emilio said something about, oh, I'd like to watch one of the new Doctors because so far he's only watched mm. classic Doctor Who um, because of who his father and uncle it right of course and i was like yeah sure let's go loonies. for it yeah we're loonies i said let's go for it let's watch one and i was like ah, i don't show them that new stuff yet and i said oh no you should show yeah. them a bit of stuff so i think we will try and i think the empty child's gotten johnny empty, in a bit of trouble the empty though. child got him into trouble he hasn't watched the empty child no. he just saw a picture of it in the book and then asked what this was about and i told him and he had nightmares. Brilliant. Fantastic. I mean, not for Jonathan. And um, We've done a lot of, thank God, children are still terrified of Doctor Who and are getting mentally scarred by it. But that's why we're doing a podcast exactly. at, at our ages. I'm turning yeah, yeah. 26. You're 30 years old. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just what we do now. We're emotionally scarred by this yeah. TV series. I mean, Jonathan turned around to you yesterday and was like, God, you're so young. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> You're so old. You're so old, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, so they, they watched Curse of Peladon. They, they watched Curse of Peladon. Um, he, he, it's because he wanted to watch an Ice Warrior story. Yeah. John Pertwee seems to be his favourite Doctor. Mm -hmm. He keeps saying that it's his favourite. He has watched more John Pertwee stories Excellent. than any other Doctor. Good. So he's, he, he likes John and he likes Cybermen stories. Brilliant. Doesn't seem so fussed about Daleks. Cybermen. It's a shame really there's not a perfect marriage there of Third Doctor and Cyberman action. Have they he, seen the Five Doctors They've seen yet? the Five Doctors, okay. yeah, they enjoyed that. Um, Have they asked for any repeat viewings yet? Is there one that they've gone, can we watch that again? No, not yet. He's very... Emilio's mad. He's very keen to just... He, he watched a couple and he's like, right, let's just go back from the beginning and go all the way through. He said, absolutely the wrong thing to do. Yeah, he said, you will hate it. He said, those early ones, you will absolutely hate. Yeah. You'll be bored of Doctor Who two episodes into An Unearthly Child. Definitely. So uh, we've said, look, we'll just cherry pick for now. And then as you get a bit older... Then we can start doing stuff. We do. He wants to see some Hartnell. Yeah. Um, so I said, or well, maybe we should show him the rescue because that's a nice yeah. tight two-parter. Yeah, yeah. Then Johnny was worried that Coquillian might frighten him. But you'll be all right. Yeah. Well, Coquillian isn't. Well, you say that, but he's a bit of a babby ass, my nephew. Okay. So fine. you know. I mean, if they can get through most of the third Doctor, I think you're all right with Coquillian. Yeah, they've been all right. There's only really the Empty Child. The Empty Child, which I didn't even watch. No. Oh no, Johnny did show them the clip where they put where he puts his hand through the letterbox. That's why they're <laughs> yeah. mentally scarred. Don't show them the Dr. Constantine bit. That's what he saw in the book. He saw the Aliens and Monsters. You God know, the great, yeah, yeah, fantastic yeah. books from 2005 and 2006. Yeah, brilliant. And oh, that was it. He just saw the little screen grabs of it transforming. 
that was it. Nightmares. Terrified a whole generation of kids, though. So it did, it's good to yeah. see it's still having the same effect. It does. Yeah, there you are, Stephen. You're, you're still, uh, you still got it. Good job. Yeah. Um, oh, the not, only time you, you're going to get that from Billy. Well, <laughs> I was just about to say, not if you've uh, read the reviews of uh, Time Traveler's Wife. He hasn't got it at the moment. But yeah, that did really badly. It got, it? I mean, it got, it got hasn't been renewed for a second yeah. series. And I, I saw there was a lot of people saying. Uh, pointing out things in it is like, oh, well, Stephen Moffat's always been a male chauvinist and has always written in that kind of way. And lots of people leaping to his defence and so on. Oh, right. I don't think you can say that he's got a brilliant track record of writing for women. Mm. Um, I don't know, would you call him a chauvinist? It's not really our yeah. place to say. But no, it's I, difficult. I, I think, I think the, the conversations about him went on far too long and got far too personal yeah. and vitriolic. Even I will stand up for Stephen Moffat and say you shouldn't be talking about people like oh, that. Oh, really? Was that yeah. bad? Oh, I mean, it was just like, you've got to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. And I understand there are certain traits in his writing that pop up every now and again. Yeah. That you think, uh, but, um, you know, the guy has just had a TV series not get recommissioned. Mm. I'm sure he's fine yeah. financially and all, but, oh, yeah. there's, you know, there's no need to bloody... Lay it on shit thick. In his you know, exactly. Shit in his lap. <laughs> Love it. Shit in his laptop and slam it shut. Um, <laughs> somebody used to taught me that at school. Not literally to do it. It's just a, <laughs> a turn of phrase. Yeah, Bill, right. This. Anyway, um, yes. Uh, Curse of Peladon. Something that isn't shit. Yeah. Something that is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. So he liked it. Yes. Good. He, he was a he was a fan. That's yeah. good to hear. Um, when we were talking earlier about recreating. Dapple things. Yeah. That whole opening thing. Yeah. TARDIS perched on the edge of the table yeah. and the Doctor and Joe or the Doctor and Mel climbing up yeah. the armchair. Yeah. Getting to the top. Yeah. And then cliffhanger. Yeah. There's Daleks up there. Oh. We were really lucky. As kids, we had the sofas in the front room were sort of grey. Mm. And it, and they were a bit they were weird. I don't know what they were what you describe them as, but they, they, it looked Pe like Peladon chic. Yeah, it looked like rocks and That's it looked great. like a quarry. Yeah. So every time I wanted to play Doctor <sighs> Who, it was like I had my homemade quarry. I love it. It was so good. It was it, perfect. The, the TARDIS was always landing in the sunflower patch in the corner of yeah. the garden. The one bit where we had greenery, it was always landing there. Um I've got so many bloody disposable film camera photos yeah, yeah. of all my dapple figures laid out and stuff. Yeah. It's great. Um, but yeah. We all did it. Th there's a certain uh, quality to this in terms of how dark it is and the mm. way it's lit. It's just dripping with atmosphere and it just seared itself onto my head. Those The, the last part and a half, yeah. for sure, particularly, I have got such vivid memories of watching on tape yeah. over and over and over again, a UK gold taping of it. Um, and I think it's just, it, it's got everything. Yeah. It's got great monsters. It's got a great supporting cast in so much as the aliens and the, the setup with King Peladon and yeah. with all those, all those surrounding characters all, is so convincing. It just yeah. sets the world up beautifully. All the characters feel <clears throat> like three-dimensional characters. They all yeah. feel like they have a life outside of the story. And the Peladon has a society and a yes. way of working and a yeah. system. That I, I wrote down, Peladon is a real living, breathing world. Yeah. Perfect setup for it and the story coming in the first four minutes yeah. when you've got Hapesh yeah. and Peladon and Torbis. Yeah. And they have that argument and say, well, look, you know, the Galactic Federation are coming. Just spells out 
everything you need. Yeah. And I, you know, I need stuff spelling out to me sometimes, but it just lays it out yeah. beautifully. Yeah. And then the Doctor and Joe arrive yeah. and they're plunged into this mystery. Yeah. And we've had enough of the world set up that when they come into it, yeah. they're, they're finding out about it and obviously bluffing that they're the Earth delegates and yeah. all that sort of stuff. It's wonderful. It's so good. But it just sets itself out so well that there's no chance that you lose interest in the no. place, yeah. in the politics. Yeah. And there's, you know, it doesn't get politic heavy, but it does enough yeah. that there's commentary there. Yeah, and it's yeah, not yeah. shoehorned in. It doesn't feel like someone's trying to impart some no. message or some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or some way of thinking. But there are certainly some smart lines in there. I think the way Alpha Centauri reacts to everything is like more of a comment on bureaucracy than... Yes most of the dialogue yeah um it's just so well it's told. really good and you know it gets it allows itself to have those lovely quiet moments like the scene with king peladon and hepesh <clears throat> where he's talking about oh you know when your father died and we put you on the throne and yeah. i took your hand and torbus took your hand and your mother and all this sort of stuff he's like does that scene need to be in there probably not but the fact that it is, is in there just really helps build that world and those characters it's, and it makes you feel something it makes you think well actually yeah you know you it really feel something for his character later on when king peladon for the story's sake to add the drama into it and yeah. to stuff to happen yeah when he keeps sort of going against the doctor yeah and her pesh is on his side and he's constantly cajoling him yeah that setup at the beginning you know he's been an aide to him since he was a baby yeah it makes peladon's decision making not seem so out of Whack, because yeah. he's obviously the good guy, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. obviously being painted <clears throat> as the noble prince yeah. and Joe's flame. Yeah, yeah. And I'd never noticed before. He has his legs out the whole story. He's, I, that what was in is my going notes. on beneath that, beneath his waistline? That whole costume, the costume's doing something completely different to the rest it of his is, outfit. It is pretty bonkers. Whenever he stands up and you see he's got like thigh-high boots. I know. And then like a little skirt or something. If I was Joe, I'd be going, I mean, this is all right, but you need to sort this out here. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Really. You know, it's uh, royalty on the top and then Rocky Horror Show at the bottom. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe Grant's going to go on a date with Captain Mike Yates. Oh, bucking up the wrong tree. Who's he bloody fooling? Yeah. I mean, come on, really? <laughs> unless, unless he's going to take her to the quiet corner of a pub and tell her something in confidence. That's not a date, you know? Um, well, it, it never happens again. It never so happens again. <laughs> so maybe, maybe he's like, hey, look, you know, don't worry. I was just trying to get something off my chest, but it's fine. I figured yeah. it all out. Um, yeah, the opening shots of Peladon and the, the, just the, the design of it. Superb. The models look great. The TARDIS yeah. model looks really yeah. lovely. Um, and then the interior, it all carries across. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the two parts of the production weren't talking to each no. other. Um, the one thing I do get a little bit, I don't know what the word is. I, I find it an odd design choice, especially in the last part, is all the hidey holes and corridors. Mm. When they, I love the whole, you know, moving the, mm. the flaming torches. Yeah. But when it's just a curtain, yeah. and then in the last part, there's like a rock yeah. left by the side of the curtain, like, like, you don't need to prop this curtain open. Like, you just kind of move it out of the way. Um, well, I think there's a door behind it, isn't it? There's a there is a door behind it. it. But yeah. I just thought it's like, it does what is look that like, doing it there? It does look like, yeah. Um, but, and the fact that, like, I don't know Ice Warriors have got their own room. Yeah. There's only one bed. <laughs> um, uh, Islia, you know, can you imagine him taking his helmet off after a long day and just derobing? Lying back, knock on the door, knock four times, Sorg. He comes in. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... 
it, everything works. Yeah. Everything about it works. You get Alpha Centauri out of this story. Yeah, she's fantastic. Is there a better side character alien in the Doctor Who story than Alpha Centauri? Yeah, so so good. The fact that, you know, what, 30, 40 years later, King that back. character can come back and yeah. everybody goes, oh my God! You know, and that's yeah. the highlight of a quite yeah. a good Doctor Who story. Well, that's it, isn't it? You know, this was a character that was described as a dick in a curtain, but that dick in a curtain yeah. had legs. I've been looking at a lot of photos of that dick without the curtain on. Oh, yeah. And it looks like a dick without... <laughs> it really, really looks That curtain, bad. you know... Solved a lot of problems. It does. It really does. Stuart Fell. Yeah. Does so well. Like, the constantly kind of like moving and lovely little bit at the end where they all put their hands up and vote. Yeah. And Sorg sort of turns into her and kind of freaks her out. Yeah. Puts the claw up. (laughs) So cool. Um, The production design is just on fire. The whole thing. Sorg. Quite literally, almost, because of all those flaming torches. I know, I know. And everybody's uh, hairspray. And yeah, I do worry. It's the 70s. There's a lot of polyester. It's, yeah. Everybody's costumes would melt to their skin yeah. if you got too <laughs> close to those flames. Like, um, I love how the Galactic Federation, with their, all their bureaucracy, they keep pressing onto their timetable, even though there's something going on with yeah. murder and collusion in the monarchy yeah. of this civilised yeah. world. They keep, no, no, we've got to stick to time. Yeah. Like the delegates arrived. You haven't got your papers, you'll do. There's no <laughs> yeah. checking, yeah, no. Um, which makes it so ridiculous at the end. You think, you've gone through all of this and just trusted yeah. they've lost their stuff in the crash. Yeah, yeah. Does Isley at any point see this shuttle no, that apparently yeah. this crashed down the mountain? Yeah. No. And I love the bit in the beginning when it, it becomes apparent that something has gone on and the delegates are like, what? There's been a murder? What mm. the hell? I thought I was like, ah, oh, it's nothing. We're dealing with it. I know, I know, I know. I know. It's fine. <laughs> sure. <All right. laughs> sure, okay, fine. And let's go out and get crushed by this giant stone statue. <laughs> yeah. uh, at no point do they call any of it off. Yeah. And I, but then when it gets to the end, you think, I mean, this really has escalated to the point yeah. they start talking about there's going to be intergalactic war. Yeah, yeah. And you think, actually, the building blocks and everything that's happened and unfolded, this kind of does make sense yeah. that it would unfold Ice Warriors would start taking pot shots at blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. They, Mars doesn't get on with wherever Arcturus is from. We never yeah. find out where. Um, I think he is from Arcturus. Arcturus from Arcturus. Yeah, the delegate from Arcturus. Are they all called Arcturus? Yeah. How do they differentiate between them? Um, it's, no, it's just him. It's, he's the one person on that planet. He's the, a, a planet of one. Yeah. Nation of one. Um, but, I mean, I love all that stuff with the Ice Warriors, you know, that they very quickly set up the Doctor's distrust of them. Mm. Uh, and John does it very well. Yeah. Um, but he, he's so good. What I love about John, and he does a lot in, he gets to do it a lot in his era. Mm. He's very good at all that pomp and circumstance stuff yeah. in terms of, you know, oh, the, the, the bowing and stuff. There's the bit where, um, when they first come along, and Hepesh bows, and he bows in a particular way, and then the doctor follows suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love stuff like that, because it's like, oh, this is a man who's a, a traveller. He's watching what's happening, mm-hmm. and, oh, I will respect you by mimicking exactly what and you do. he does it again with the Draconians. And he does it with the Draconians. I, love, I love all that stuff. Um, yeah, and then introducing... You know, yeah. Princess Josephine of Tardis. Yeah, yeah. That seems like such a new Who yeah. thing to do is yeah. reference the show in that way. Yeah. On t- on the screen, you know. And she's great. Uh, Katie Manning does that so well when she puts on her sort of posh voice and is yeah. like, "Oh, I'm you know, kindly uh, blah 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 blah," and you're like, "Oh, this is so good. They're loving it." All the stuff with her and King Peladon as well. Yeah. Is like it's really touching. Yeah. It's really, you know, 
but then he's, he's constantly I was gonna say, he fucking doing bungle, her over. He bungles it every time. Every time. You say, you're so close, mate. But he just, <laughs> every single time, you know, he's like, uh, well, put in a good word for me. Fuck off. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I really like, do you want to marry me for political gain? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? It's, it's being served to you on a plate pretty much, mate. And you're constantly going like, no, I mean, it's not good enough for me. You're just going to have to do this extra thing. And like, you would have learned the first time that Joe scorned him. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that even at the end, when they have that nice little scene where he's like, well, you're going to stay on and marry me. And yeah. Isley is like your forthcoming marriage. Yeah, stuff. yeah. There's a bit in there where... John says, we, you know, we're going to go off together, aren't we? And she says, well, I probably better had go now. Yeah. You think, well, God, she could have stayed. And she you really feel that could have happened yeah. in the story. She could have been Queen Peladon. God, Monster of Peladon would have been, would have been such a whole a different, different story. story. Wow. Monster of Peladon, I think, do you think it casts any reflective gloom on this one? I, th- I think it, does, it doesn't impact this one no. at all in terms of its reputation or mm. its standing as a good story. It is obviously a lot weaker. Mm. Um, it doesn't help that it's six episodes. Oh my god! You know, I know. it could have been a. It, I think it could have been a fine four-parter. Yeah. Um, but it, it's got the curse of having to be because of it's got the curse of being a six-parter. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's a shame. But it, it, I mean, I do appreciate Monster for how it builds. It grows the world out from what we've seen set up in this first story. I was just going to say that. There's a bit where Hapesh says, da, 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 he worries the Galactic Federation will corrupt Peladon with its technology and that they will be enslaved. Yeah. That does happen by the time Monster and Peladon. So he's yeah. not wrong. No. So the Galactic Federation doesn't do an awful yeah. lot of good for Peladon by the yeah. time we come, because they're striking and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think that's when the political overtones get a bit, bit more too on the heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, there's nice bits with Joe, you know, we want to raise them from savagery or whatever. Yeah. And Joe says maybe they don't want to be raised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a nice little bit of commentary. But yeah. when the whole story centres around this allegory, yeah. I, you know, in, at least in Peladon and in Curse, it's a wider narrative. Yes. But whether or not Peladon decide to join the Galactic Federation or the European, European Union, Union <laughs> um, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, by the end of it, obviously what happens happens but it's not key to the plot that they actually do join yeah whereas the minus thing is just so central it is to that all story. about you know <coughs> to yeah. monster yeah the the uprising of the badger men um dudley simpson reprises the drum motif for the ice warriors from the seeds of death yeah it's which a great is a, little theme is a great little theme yeah it seemed to me that this was directed a, a bit more like a 60s story yeah i know what you mean it's directed well though lenny main lenny does main. a really good job there's some nice nice little bits mm. there's a really good bit uh the reprise from episode three at the start of part four mm. when um zorg turns around and blasts arcturus and yeah. then katie goes um joe goes oh so it was arcturus all along and then it cuts to john but they've now moved to the, to, throne, to the throne room, room. and he's like yeah that's, that's a fabulous bit of directing and even the the gunshot yeah. When you think, you know, always have to watch these things in context, which is why I'll just very quickly mention Ooh, yeah. UK number one, I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Oh, lovely. And A Clockwork Orange had just come out in the UK. Nice. I'd like, it just shows the disparity in culture. Yeah. You know, like Doctor Who, by comparison, is so light and fluffy. Yeah. You think of that compared to the music as well. Like, yeah. They're driving into, I mean, they're not listening to it on the radio because the BBC banned it, but like all these drug references in Beatles songs mm. and Patrick Troughton's playing the Doctor. Yeah, you yeah. Think, Those are two very different establishments yeah. and very different cultures yeah. happening alongside but, I mean, each other. I mean, people will be saying the same 
of now, well, you know, true. In, 20, in 40 years' time, would be like, oh, wow, look at, yeah, I don't know, what's happening in the world. Well, there's bloody human rights well, bullshit going on in America. Indeed. And then... Yeah, by, yeah, you look at what's happening over here and... Look the at these two wankers chatting about because of Peladon. <laughs> that's why you're here, though. You love yeah. it. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I've run out of steam on that one. There you go. <laughs> um, what else have I got? Alan Bennion as uh, Islia is very good, isn't he? I mean, obviously, he's reprised the role from uh, Seeds of Death. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, he comes back again in. Um, he's got more to do. He's got more to do. He can um, play a goodie. He can play a goodie. That's such a great idea. Brian Hales, man. You know, obviously, he's, he penned all of the Ice Warrior mm. stories for mm. Classic Who. Um, and wow, he was. He was good. I think this is his best story. I out think of it's all his best them. script. I think, um, and also that it doesn't do that typical thing with Doctor Who at this time, where they land on a planet and they have to spend the first three and a half episodes convincing everybody yeah. they're on the good side. Yeah, it's nice that in the hysteria that gets whipped up by all these people being murdered and all yeah. the collusion and stuff, that they just sort of become part of the narrative. Yeah, and it's only until later on when you need more drama because. Yeah. You're getting closer to the answer and you've forgotten all the events that happened prior. When they start to be distrustful of the Doctor and Joe and the Ice Warriors, you're like, that's where this part of the story can breathe. You don't yeah. need to front load it with all this, you know, misdirection and yeah. then mistrusting the Doctor and Joe. Yeah, there's none of that, oh, right, put them in prison and uh, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, when it happens just... in part three, it's like, well, this is expanding it because Joe's, you know, when yeah. she's climbing around the edge and she's yeah, yeah. getting out of her prison cell and that yeah. kind of stuff. That's so really good. All that stuff shot on film outside really nice. on the mountainside looks so good. Really and the nice. fight scene as well with him and uh, Gron. Yes. Um, that's really great. And I believe that those film sequences do exist. Now, I would. Uh, this is what I was talking to you about before. I noticed something really interesting <clears throat> watching that fight sequence. Yeah. And I'd be interested to see if we can get those full film sequences at some point. Because yeah. when Grun. Yeah body slams the doctor into the netting yeah. it's just before the cliffhanger yeah. and just before the big log gets chucked yeah you can hear terry walsh talking to gordon st Clair, who played grun right you can hear him going up 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 oh, really? like as he's posting him up for the body slam you can hear him going up up up, up like talking to him under his How breath. How weird. And I'd never noticed it before. Wow. But, I mean, I, I'm not sure that there's a lot of audio restoration on the BritBox version of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I've never noticed it before. But I, I'm sure if you isolate that bit, you can hear him. He Ooh, says I, something to yeah. him, and it's just oh, I, it's repeated. Oh, I'll have to go and look that up. And given that Grun is mute. Yeah. You know, in, it's in. not him having a, a long, deep conversation, yeah, yeah, a yeah. long, deep chat. Yeah, that's a weird thing, isn't it, mm. on Peladon, that the, the king's champion is always mute. Yeah. Why is that? Because he's probably not a good enough actor to be fair dialogue. <laughs> I mean, you're ropey when you're looking at him going, that's not a very convincing, <gasps> you know, you, you could put a bit more dumbness into it's it. A bit like, it's a bit like Lassie, isn't it? It's like, what, Grun? <laughs> yeah. What, Grun? You're going to kill me in that cave? <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, well, I'll come running then. Yeah. Um, but I do love that he's a bit of a gentle <clears throat> giant come the end. You know, he's scared of Agador. But there's still, at the end, there's still like, you know, he's getting scorned 
Mm. But he doesn't have that kind of, oh, I'm sorry, King Peladon, sort of look on his face. No. Just think, he's, just, he's too thick to grasp really know that he's done on. something no, wrong. No, he's just, you know? you know, he just follows orders and that's that's it. He gets his gruel put in front of him. Yeah, and, like and a, he's happy. Like a parrot in a cage, they just put something on his head and he goes to yeah. sleep and that's he get, it. He gets to beat the shit out of some people <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what he's there for. That's what he likes doing. I think that if, if I was to criticise anything, I think that fourth part yeah. feels pretty inconsequential. Right. But because by the... T- the the, you know, in the first three minutes, you know Arcturus is the main baddie yeah. and he's been offed. So you're just waiting for Hapesh to pop his head up again yeah. to get offed by Agador or to get put in yeah. jail. So yeah. all that stuff with the soldiers fighting amongst themselves and yeah. Hapesh's little resistance force yeah. and stuff, it feels a little bit like they're just kicking the story along until the end. I guess it does. It's a good little fight sequence, though. Yeah. There's some really good... Uh, it's, a, it's not Havoc, either. It's not Havoc. No, and I I should have made a note of who it was, but I noticed on the on the uh, credits it was somebody else. It was mm-hmm. you know fight choreography by some. Interesting. I guess because it was all swords and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps it needed to be a specific type of uh, of groups group that, that came that in to it. do it. Um, but it is really good. I was watching it. It was like you know got people getting stabbed. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Punched in the face. Great stuff. Even Terry Walsh in his wig. Yeah. In John some Bursley, stories, yeah. it's painfully obvious. Yeah. But I feel like John's back isn't as bad as it gets later on. Yeah. So he is still involved in enough of the fight up close and that you can convincingly think I'll, that's I'll just I'll be honest, him. some of the stuff that John does do, yeah. I was really surprised he did do. Yeah. Because I was like, whoa, your back must be in bits. The, the, when he um, rolls off the log, yeah. when the thing comes down, and yeah. when he's choking Gron and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Uh, violence in Doctor Who. Mm. Do we think that that is, when he chokes him with the rope along the side of the... I know he lets him go. Yeah. But it's a bit hands-on for the Doctor, isn't it? Uh, I guess it is a little bit. And actually, I'm glad you mentioned this because we didn't talk about last time mm. when we reviewed Attack of the Cybermen. The major thing, we never talked about Colin blasting the Cybermen. We talked a little bit about the scene, but didn't not... We? I don't think yeah. we said, like, we what, didn't how, talk do, about... how do we feel about the Doctor just going gung-ho and just being like, boom, die. I think it... It doesn't speak to a great understanding of the character on no. Eric Sayward's behalf. Yeah. But I suppose the problem is you've got a really dark story mm. twinned with a, a pacifist character. Yeah. And when they're the only one that's left alive at the <laughs> yeah. end of the story, what else are you going to do? cyber leaders to the left of me, yeah. cyber fat controllers on the, the right. right. Yeah. Here, Here I, I am. am. Stuck in the middle with Perry. That's, that's no problem at all. But it's it's just, yeah. I, I mean, in Earthshock, it feels more violent because yeah. it's point blank into the yeah, into his chest. Just, yeah, and there's and the cyber leader takes ages to die. Yeah, that's a good death. It is a good death, it's even though his so, battery packs come down. Ah, um, so good. But yeah, it it feels a it's because they're bumping into each other and blasting yeah. each other. It's it's a bit like Vengeance on Varos, like. Whether or not the Doctor pushed them in the vat of acid is kind of moot. Yeah. Like, it's a life or death struggle. Exactly. And somebody's ended up dying in, yeah. in the struggle. And yeah. it's not the good guy. So yeah. that's kind of okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's never really bothered me. No. I've always just thought, you know, well, he hasn't really got much choice in the matter. He'd no. blow up a Dalek. Yeah. You know, he'd put a bomb on a Dalek and blow it to smithereens. And it's so, self-defence at the end of the day. And it is self-defence. Yeah. So. I suppose maybe with the Cybermen it's different because they have got that element of humanity. Not that it's explored a lot in the classic series. Yeah. I think now, if the Doctor was to blast a Cyberman to bits, yeah. 
I mean, apart from putting a telephone into the thing and their heads all exploding. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> especially coming off of a scene where one has just opened up yeah. about its life and uh, he doesn't cry oil in that one. married in the morning <laughs> or whatever it is. Right. Don't let Gareth see me. <laughs> yeah. I think you're going to need more than a bell. I think, I think you will. Um, he'll, know, he'll hear you coming down the chong, chong, coming yeah. down the aisle going, what is going on? Um, uh, yeah. I do. Put on a bit of weight. Um, yeah, I... I suppose because they've gone into detail about the fact that there are human, yeah. it feels a bit more visceral and like shocking in that story compared yeah. to Attack. Yeah, but, but I guess they're even more like stompy robots. Those new series ones. So there's there's mm. visually, there feels like there'd be even more of a disconnect. Do you know what I mean? What like if you shot oh, yeah, one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. But then, but the the performances from the Cybermen are less robotic I mean not Michael Kilgariff beat boob but <laughs> the, the performances are less mechanical yeah yeah that you get the inference that yeah. they're human underneath yeah without having to do David Banks going my name is Sarah <laughs> you know <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> what at conventions let's stop getting Colin Baker to perform Matt Smith's Pandora speech yeah let's give David Banks oh my god that scene yes and get him to perform it the first person that does that oh well we're, well done <laughs> we'll send you all the review of death badges you want yes um Couple of other notes. I love the shot of Arcturus loitering in the corridor outside yes. Izir and his, Joe. Thing and then he just the... sort of wanders off down the <laughs> corridor. Um, Arcturus is a baddie. It's kind of like Scooby Doo, isn't it? It's like, it is, I mean, yeah. spot the villain in the room. Yeah. It's obviously yeah. him. He might as well have had a little twirly moustache yeah, and if, a cloak. <laughs> if he'd had arms to go around. Oh, you know. yeah. um, I love Arcturus. When I was a kid, I always thought there was something quite Dalek-y about him. I think that's why yeah. I liked him. But he's um, cool. It's a cool design. It's very sci-fi. Very. You know, you've got all the stuff in the tubes, all the liquid, and all the smoke. And the smoke and, and that the dripping the stuff. Yeah, he's, he's cool. That's really cool. Um, the poor operator in there who was having I, to turn the head. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that. I was yeah. like, God, that must be a cumbersome thing to get around. I bet people. I bet he was thinking, give me a bloody Dalek. Absolutely. That's far more comfortable yeah. than this. <laughs> um, we love Agador. Yeah, Agador. What do we think of Agador? Um I think when you see photos of him in the rehearsal room, it looks like a teddy bear. Yeah. But when you see it in the show, it's it's lit so well and the caves are so good. Do you think? Apart from when the doctor brings, brings him, him into, into the, the court room, yeah. and it's and it's hello and <laughs> he looks really cute. And, and he's you, played by a little guy. You yeah. feel like he needs to be played by a someone huge, like Peter Mayhew, like yeah. Chewbacca size, a monster. Yeah. Um, which. Because the statues are humongous. Yeah. And you get this sense like, wow, this is a great thing. But then, and then that's it's like, kind of a... Maybe he's just know, a baby one. Yeah, maybe he's a baby Agador. But, you know, maybe that could be like a little commentary on Hepesh and him building up. Yeah, true. And actually, it's just a little thing from the forest. Yeah. When, like a Tauran would be. Exactly. Except more convincing. Yes. <laughs> um, and at the end, when it kind of gives the Doctor a cuddle and he's yeah. like, oh, it's growing quite attached to me. And all that. Yeah. That's really lovely. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we love Agador. We love Agador. And Venusian love lullabies. Yeah. My mum, whenever she says... Whenever I bring up Curse of Peladon, I was like, oh, watching Curse of Peladon. She goes, oh, is that Haroon, Haroon, Haroon? Yeah. Yes, it is Haroon, Haroon, Haroon. It is. Akida Clack and Men in Glack, Haroon, Haroon, Haroon. Is that, that it? I think, Venusian I think. lullaby. Yeah. I, he, always, he always sings alien things along to the tune of some old sailor's <laughs> yes, yeah. thing he learned in the Navy. It's great. It's great. And I also love, there's a fantastic scene with John and Katie mm. um, in part 
two, I think, mm. where they go back to the room and the doctor's... Oh, he's looking at the, the bit of circuitry that's been left there yeah. that's to put the blame on the Ice Warriors. And, you know, she's like, oh, come on, you love all that delegate stuff. And he's like, well, how do you like being a princess? Yeah. And it is so lovely. It's a lovely scene. And you can see, it's like, oh, you can really see, like, as a kid, you, I didn't notice it. But, like, now you can really see, yeah, God, he loves the bones Absolutely. Of her. And vice versa. I think that there's, there's one bit in part four, I think it's in part four, maybe part three, uh, when Joe scares off Agador with the flaming torch. Yeah. And he calls her an idiot. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know if, I, I, I mean, it's maybe being a snowflake, but I just wish at the end of that he'd said, he'd apologised for calling yeah. her an idiot because he comes across a bit forceful. And then Joe says, well, I was only trying to help. And he yeah. goes, I know. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the yeah, others. Yeah. No sort of, yeah, sorry, sorry, fair enough. Yeah. And there's a bit in The Demons, and I hate it, when he does the same thing mm. in the pub and he's, and she has yeah. a moan about the brigadier. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, you still your commanding officer so yeah. you know show some respect and he's, he really talks down to her and I was like no that I'm surprised neither of them said oh hang on a minute I this can is see, not I can see why people don't like the third doctor because there are a lot of moments like that yeah. where he does speak to people in a really authoritarian way yeah. which is ironic considering he's supposed to hate authority and all that kind of stuff yeah. but I think that's the fun thing of the, <clears throat> the duality in the third doctor <clears throat> is that he despises authority and yet he is a member of this, you know, intergalactic group yeah. of ticket inspectors. Yeah, yeah. Who at the end we find out are responsible for putting him on Peladon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also he works for this paramilitary organisation. So he yeah. kind of can't avoid that aspect in his life. Being a Tory. Being a Tory. Yeah. But then he, he starts kind of reacting in that way and he starts becoming <clears throat> a bit, you know, yeah. authoritarian. And yeah. I get why people aren't fond of the Third Doctor for that reason. Yeah. But I guess... I can see through enough of Me that too. and just yeah. enjoy him yeah. as the action yeah. hero. Yeah. And then when he thinks that she might stay mm. at the end, you can really see the worry in his face. Like, mm. oh God, I'm going to lose her. Mm. Um, and then it makes sense eventually that mm. he just kind of grows into going, yeah, well, you kind of have to. Yeah. Maybe that was the first indication, like yeah. she's going to meet somebody so, one yeah. day and then she's going to have to leave me. And yeah. yeah. Also, the inside of the TARDIS... Mm. Man is looking grimy. It's like brown walls. I mean, Have they been smoking Marlboro Lights in there or something? <laughs> what is happening? They've been hotboxing in the TARDIS. <laughs> I think, it, obviously, the problem is they only need the TARDIS for that one scene. Yeah. And so they have as little of it in the corner of the studio as possible. Yeah. Is this the last time we see that photographic blow-up? Or is it in The Three Doctors? I think it's the last time we see it. Mm. And it's not in... I'm trying to think of other TARDIS scenes. It's <clears> not in Death to the Daleks. Um... Uh, no, I don't think so. Obviously, Time Monster, you've got a completely new... <clears throat> washing up bowls. ...design, and yeah. then in The Three Doctors, it's been... Done again. Done up again. Yeah. So, is, yeah, I mean, I'm sure somebody out there will be able to tell us, is this the last time we see the photographic blow-ups? I, I would say yes. I don't think you see it again in this season. No. And then, obviously, by which point, it's all done up anyway. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, the, I, I was going to say this earlier. The cliffhanger to part three, which yeah. you mentioned, when it <clears throat> whip pans over... <clears throat> On first viewing, on a tiny crap resolution screen, yeah. back in 1972, um, I think you can get away with not knowing that it was Arctu that, um, Sorg fired that shot. Yeah. Because the gun kind of looks similar to Arcturus's. Yeah. <clears throat> it's got the same red laser effect. Yeah. And the whip pan is fast enough that you can't really see that Sorg is carrying the gun. Yeah. So 
I, that's a really well-directed bit. Lenny Main obviously knows yeah. how quick that has to be to sell it. Yeah, yeah, that there's yeah. actual danger. So that's that's really nicely done. That's yeah. a really neat job. Well, those lights just go out then. What was that me? Uh, I think it was you. Oh, it was me. Me going um, mental. Yeah, what are the cliffhangers in this story? Statue falling on their heads. What's episode two's cliffhanger? Um, is it not the Doctor... It's oh, I mean, you must... Face to, drawn in combat. Yeah. Yeah. To death. And then... <clears throat> Arcturus's laser. Yeah. Um, that's probably the best cliffhanger. It probably one. is, yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, Peladon <clears throat> gets a sequel, which mm. we've already talked about, but why the hell have we not had a Peladon sequel in the new series? It feels like the most obvious thing to do. And I feel like with Russell coming back and everything, everything that's, that's going on in between yeah. him leaving and, and now, there's definitely a story about Peladon seceding from... Yeah. The Galactic Federation and wanting out. Yeah. And the Doctor explaining why well, that's a really bad idea. Yeah. Um, but you can have a herpesh yeah, yeah, in government yeah. who's yeah. going, no, no, we'll be better off and yeah, everything yeah. will be fine and we can do this ourselves. And, blah, yeah. and the Doctor's going, actually, you, you kind of yeah. you need cooperation yeah. amongst species. And maybe species. like the royal family aren't really, you know, they're just like our royal family. They're just there. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe they have no power anymore. They use, you know, <clears throat> money that's supposed to go to help the poorest in their community to heat their throne room. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen in earth terms because that would be horrendous if <laughs> yeah. somebody was to do that um, um yeah and, and the, the conflict is obviously you know you can expand on that yeah. massively all these different yeah. nations and the the bureaucracy and alpha centauri trying to be hey look we're trying to keep our hands off yeah. leave no, when she says um or he says um um i want it noted that i've i have an argument and i don't want to put my hand up for this yeah it's like such a bureaucratic thing to do. Yeah. It's just, you know, of course you've got to put that last little bit in just to say, if it goes tits up, nothing to do with me. Yeah. And Arcturus, um, Avacentauri is such a great kind of commentary on all that red tape and all that yeah. fluffiness, you know. Yeah, it seems mad, but they haven't done it. And I mean, I'm glad Big Finish have now done yeah. the Paladon box. I've not listened to it. But, oh, is um, it out, is it? It's out, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but David Troughton uh, reprising his role as King Paladon, which is good fun. Um, but yeah, it really does feel like Paladon is a mm. planet that needs to be explored in the new series. Can you think of many other worlds that are, that, you know, considering it's appeared in, in two stories, is not, you know, uh, a small amount no. to be revisiting no. another world. But are there any other planets that, you know, Varos, you feel like that story is being That's told. Sort of done, unless yeah. they come back to it and it's got even worse or yeah. it's like a TikTok Love version of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like more of a comment on reality TV. Men fighting in the nappies. <laughs> of course you would. Um, um, or Sean Connery's son tied up to something. <laughs> sweating profusely. Um, yeah, I can't really think of any other planets you, no, you want to mean, go back to. Yeah. Marinus, but even then, yeah, take it or leave it. Like all the big... I mean, like you've got the big ones like Scaro, Telos, which obviously they do go back to mm, occasionally. Mm. But again... I think the Thals are worth a revisit. Yeah. We haven't heard from the Thals since 1974, no. mm -hmm. five. Um, Raxacara of course. Well, they never went there, though, did they? Well, we, but we haven't seen it. We haven't that seen it. That seems a bit crazy. Yeah. Clom. We haven't yeah. seen Clom. We haven't seen the planet of the Sontarans, either. We haven't seen Sontar. Yeah. Isn't that mad? Mm. We've seen all their ships. Yeah. We've seen how they get, how they feed and breed. Yeah. But we haven't seen their planet. Yeah, it's That's bonkers, isn't it? That's kind of odd. I guess it'd be quite boring. It's just full of potato-headed men. All shouting at each other. Yeah. 
you can see enough of that on TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was interesting. If you yeah. watched uh, Fixed with, Fix with Sontarans. Yeah, they've edited the somebody end. out of it and got but, Colin to do new lines. Yeah, that was really cool. I like, I like that. You yeah. can add that as a, as a new appearance, a new performance by Colin Baker. Yeah. Is it canon? That's canon. I think we can say that one's canon. Yeah, that's a canon story, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, because obviously the person appearing at the end relates it to another TV show, yeah. so it's obviously a skit. But, but now the, that that's removed, for yeah. the right reasons, naturally, it does make it... It does, doesn't it? ...canonical in my eyes. Oh, so there was a, a second Sontaran story with the Sixth Doctor. With the Sixth Doctor. Gareth Jenkins! <laughs> <laughs> I know that name is so kiss-a-sopra. It's lush. And he looks at his, all his helmets coming off, all the Velcro, and you think, oh, shit. It's horrendous. How it? is it worse in 1986 or whenever it is compared to, like, 1974? Well, I think, Three. you know, from a lot of the stuff that's on that Blu-ray set, the documentaries yeah. and stuff, you really do realise... It's obviously always been the thing Doctor Who never had enough money yeah, but, but it's like really you've still no got like 1975 budgets yeah and it doesn't stretch that far anymore like no. um, it obviously wasn't getting the investment it needed and Jonathan Powell and Michael Grade and all of those floor six people have all mm. said that we just kind of let it fall into disrepair and by that time that's when you start seeing it on screen yeah. I mean really what like sort of Graham Williams? Oh yeah, that's Graham. when you start to see on screen that there's God, no money. It's rough. Yeah, Sunmakers yeah. looks appalling, mm-hmm. and obviously Underworld is a total write-off. Yeah. But, oh yeah. And 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 it just it starts to show in those. And you you kind of feel like with the Seventh Doctor era, they they realize they've either got a bit more money. Yeah. They're shooting on videotape, which maybe saves a bit of money as well. But they're starting to. They realise how to spend their money yeah. and where to spend it, and yeah. obviously you've got and fewer episodes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So it's like they've, you know, right? How do we let's clear the slate? You know, what do we really need to be spending money on? Yes, here? yeah. You know? And I guess ultimately, not spending ten grand refurbishing the TARDIS console for it to be used so fleetingly throughout the exactly. era anyway. Yeah. It's like, well, that's why the Hemovores look so good. Mm. And that's why you get the Destroyer yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Because the money's going on that the stuff. Money's where it needs to be the money's being spent on yeah. the right things. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, like, with a story like Curse of Peladon, the, the, the BBC are so good at period dramas anyway mm. that yeah. anything you do set in that kind of realm is going to look great. Yeah. Even if David Tratton's got his legs out too much. Yeah. Um, but then when you start having to get well, what does a space station look like well, and you've it, got designers with no money and they're yeah. like well I don't know what does a space yeah. station look like on 30p yeah but, I, yeah but I can do a medieval throne room yeah. because oh we've got this chair we've got these furs we've got these curtains yeah. we've got you know but I mean it's still really well done like the the, the insignia with like Agador Agador's face, face is all over the place yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a fantastic shot in um, episode 2 where Hepesh is doing all the stuff in the in the high priest's um, place, and uh, the camera mm. is shooting through the grating, yeah. and it's like Agador's face, and then it slowly goes in. So, you, like, you go past the grating. It's a great shot. Lenny Main was a fantastic, fantastic director. director, and it all seems so well rehearsed. Yeah, like the, the camera is shooting over David Tratton's shoulder. And yeah. then you get the close-ups as John walks into yeah. the room and all yeah. that sort of stuff. It's so beautifully staged. Yeah. It, it feels more like a period drama in those long sequences with, with like 
you know, when you see something in a BBC documentary about shows made at the time, or yeah. he was Colin Baker before he became Doctor Who. Yeah. And it's always a period drama, and there's never any music. Yeah. And it's always a two-hander. Yeah. And so when you see King Peladon and Joe in those situations, you're like, well, this is it, it, everybody firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And it's it's a great story in that unit family mm. era. Yes. Yeah disassociated from all yeah. of that and it's just a great standalone it, it, adventure it feels like a proper drama yeah. in those moments yeah. and then all of a sudden a, ma- a dick in a curtain walks in and, and then and everybody goes yeah <laughs> Alpha Centauri um, yeah and, and having the ice warriors there as well it's like it lends it like oh, it is a Doctor Who story by the way yeah you know the way the new series will do that sometimes yeah. or you know there'll be a reference or there'll be a callback or mm. something you know no matter where they are no matter how uh, regal it looks or whatever there's always something in there just to remind you this is a daft thing so here's the massive ice lizards yeah. wandering in with their big guns going yeah. and the fact that Sorg's mouth never opens yeah Sonny Caldina is Sonny Caldina's doing the voice I don't know I don't know I I kind of think he isn't mm. so it, who's the voice of the ice warriors off screen I don't know I mean maybe it is him he certainly does it in Monstro Peladon because yeah. he's got his accent yeah and there we there, so that's Curse of Peladon how, how old did you have been when you first watched the story? It would have been one of my first Johns that I watched that wasn't like <laughs> yeah. Day of the Daleks. I don't know why that made me laugh. My first John. Yeah. Do you remember your first John? Uh, it was probably Death of the Daleks. Yeah. But we had the, uh, it would have been, well, this was one of the first. We yeah. had both of these on video, on proper So Death release. would have been my first John. Yeah. But out of the, yeah, the kind of UK gold tapings, you it had, would have been this yeah. or the Sea Devils right. that I would have seen first. Yeah. Right. Um, but this one I just I always went back to. Yeah. yeah. And I had a friend when I was at, um, which is surprising, I had a friend when I was at secondary school. And I, went <laughs> around, I went around his house and uh, he had some videos. And amongst his videos, he had a copy of The Curse of Peladon. And he didn't like Doctor Who or mm. know anything about Doctor Who. I was like, holy shit, you've got a Doctor Who video. He's like, oh yeah. Do you want it? I was like, well, no, I've already got it, but it's a really good story. He's yeah. like, do you want to watch it? I was like, no, that's fine. But, <laughs> you know, have you watched it? Well, maybe, I don't know. I was like, yeah. oh, shame, you're missing out. You are missing out. If you haven't yeah. seen The Curse of Peladon before, I know it, I know these days the Third Doctor's era, I think John ranks quite low, I think, amongst kind of more modern fans. Why? What is wrong with them? I don't know. I just I, I don't see a lot of love for the third. Do- I see a lot of love for John. Is it because people think he's just too Tory or something? I think people think he's too authoritarian, and I think people think he's too. Fucking kicks ass. He does kick ass, but I do. I, I understand where that criticism comes from, but I think just liking that Doctor so much, mm. I I don't really. It doesn't taint my no, experience no, watching it he's brilliant he's up there for me absolutely he's my second favourite so. always always been a favourite of mine so yeah. if you haven't seen The Curse of Peladon definitely check mm. it out it is so worth watching do we normally have this foliage on the table no it's been here the whole time I quite like yeah, it yeah I like it too <laughs> <laughs> and with that if you have any ideas of how we can improve the foliage in our set please let us know in the comments down below yeah uh, and next time what are we going to be talking about Matt I don't know because I can't remember what the thing is well everybody's going a bit crazy over 2008 Doctor Who at the moment oh yeah so we thought we'd have a look back at that classic well-loved series 4 story journey I mean 
The Doctor's Daughter. Yes, and actually it's funny you should say that because someone posted a scene from that and I didn't mm. watch it because I thought, no, I'm watching it soon. Yeah. And they said, oh, I think this story needs to be uh, re-evaluated. Re-evaluated. Yeah. And I thought, well... If we can remember what that scene was... I remember, what, I remember what the yeah, scene yeah. was. Yeah. Oh, fuck me, I'm just kicking out the set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Doctor's Daughter. Mm. When was the last time you watched that? Um, it would have been 2008. Was it really? I, I, I mean, I, I didn't collect many of the DVDs after series. Mm. I think series three was the last box set I bought. And I didn't own the series one or two box set. Um, and then I got a couple of the vanilla releases for series four. Right. Didn't get anything for series five. No, not me. Somehow I've got the series six box set because it was reduced to HMV, but I've never watched any of the discs on it. <laughs> never um, dared put a disc in. No, not from series six. No, I'll catch fire. Um, yeah. So... The Doctor's Daughter. Yeah. Find your Blu-rays, get it on, and maybe, just maybe, by the time we see you next, there'll be some more Doctor Who news. Yeah, it's been really quiet. So. It has, but we know yeah. they're filming. We know they're out there. Mm. We know they're doing things, and it's exciting. It exciting. So it's only a matter of time before a monster gets leaked onto Twitter. Yeah. And we see the return of Frobisher in the show. That'd be, oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? That'd be great. He needs to come back. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, watching, and whatever else you've been doing to experience this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Agli da clack and men in black. Naru, naru, naru.